Welcome to Newly Nutrition, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Johnson, founder of Woo Girl Wellness and certified holistic nutritionist. This podcast was created to inspire, educate, and motivate holistic nutritionists just getting started on their business journey. Think of me as your wellness biz bestie, and I'm guiding you through the different ventures you can explore in the health and wellness space by interviewing established health professionals who make a living doing what they love. If they can do it, so can you. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to episode 10 of Newly Nutrition. It's Emily Johnson here once again. Thank you for so much for tuning in. Who else is excited that it's November and we have two months left of this year? And I know it's been a wild year, but that doesn't mean we can't make the most of the rest of the year. I have made a conscious decision to show up as my highest self for the next two months. And what I mean by that is just really staying top of all of my health goals, my fitness goals, my personal development goals, and just showing up as who I envision my higher self as. So just really taking care of myself for the next two months because the holidays are coming up. It's so easy to let go and kind of tell yourself like, oh, it's December, it's November. We can just kind of reset in January. But that is definitely not my intention to end out 2020. I want to end it feeling my absolute best. And so I invite you all to join me and I'm doing a self-care challenge this month, so you can find the link in my bio if you would like to join me. Just download my self-care challenge calendar, and it's just so fun. It's super manageable and nothing crazy at all. You're probably doing it all of these things already, so it's just bringing a bit more awareness to ending the year on a really high note, but more importantly, This episode is so cool and special. I interviewed Lisa Kowalik. She is a certified nutritional practitioner, natural medicine advocate, nutritionist, writer, and she is currently a digital nomad. She is living that dream life that we all have as nutritionists when we get into the space of being able to work from your laptop from anywhere in the world and having virtual clients. She is living her truth and fulfilling her dreams, and she was so inspiring to chat with. Honestly, at the end of that chat, all I wanted to do was pack a backpack and go on a massive adventure around the world. She is a just complete free spirit and lives, goes with the flow, lives life the way she wants. And I think a lot of people can take some pages out of her book because she is crushing her her goals and her life. So I'm just so excited to share this episode with you. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe this podcast if you haven't already and join the Facebook group as well so we can connect on that level. And I will just let Lisa do all the talking from here. Okay, let's dive in. So can we just start with how did you get into holistic health and how long have you been in the industry? Yeah, so I kind of got here in a really roundabout way. Uh, it's such a common question and I've been actually been thinking about this a lot because I really at first had no idea how I ended up here, just kind of all of the events in my life that took me here. But the more I think about it, I actually got a book by a woman named Kimberly Schneider. I think it was something called like Beauty Detox or something. And I read that book and then, you know, it didn't really come into my frame of awareness for a really long time. And then I went to university for kinesiology, um, really kind of conventional stuff. And then I just randomly found this IHN program one day. And I think that my, I guess, like resonation with the um, IHN program, like would have had to been from that book I guess you could say because as soon as I saw the program I didn't even know what holistic nutrition was and I just applied to it (laughs) so um, yeah I had no prior interest in it or 
or anything. And I did that program in 2016. So I've been in the industry for about four years now. That's so cool. I actually, same with you. I didn't know what holistic nutrition was when I found IHN, but I was like, this sounds like I would love it. So I'm going to do this now. Yeah, I had actually like my entire career planned out. I was going to do my master's, flip it to a PhD in yeah, the very like conventional sciences. And I remember when I saw the IHN program, one of the textbooks at the time was called the Herbal Bible. <laughs> and I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And I need to read that. And that was kind of the solidifying thing that made me apply to the program. Oh my God. Yeah. Sorry. You're kind of cutting out. Um, but can you, but we're going to just continue. Okay. Okay. Yes. I just hot spotted, so it should be good now. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Thank you. Um, yeah. Herbal Bible, right? Like, trust me. I know when I, I didn't even know what Ayurveda was when I went to IHN and it was so funny just like being exposed to so many different um, this series and all of these new ideas. And I, I loved it. It was so cool. Are you originally from Vancouver? No, I'm from Saskatchewan originally, and I moved to Vancouver for the IHN program. Oh, okay, cool. And then where did you get your undergrad? Uh, at the University of Regina. Okay, cool. Where is that? Uh, it's in Saskatchewan. Okay. It's one of the bigger cities there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not from here, so Canada. So I'm not too familiar with anything besides BC, but um, but I'm learning slowly. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like most of the world isn't, and I feel like people in Canada aren't even familiar with Saskatchewan. <laughs> so. so funny. So you moved to Vancouver to do IHN, and then how? what, what does your journey look like at this point? Yeah, so I lived in Vancouver for a few years. Um, I got my first job out of school there that I worked at for about a year. And then I started to make the transition into doing online work because I had the intention of wanting to be a digital nomad and to be able to travel and make money. And I first came to Mexico, I guess almost two years ago now. And I spent about five months here just backpacking and I just fell in love with the natural medicine here and the culture. And yeah, I guess the like ancient and traditional healing practices. And then I went back to Canada and had every intention of going to India once I kind of transferred everything online. Because the first time I was here, I wasn't making an income online. I was just kind of in that transitionary period. Mm -hmm. And I had, yeah, all, the, all of the intentions to go to India and be a digital nomad there. But life kind of took me in a different direction and I had an opportunity to come back to Mexico. And when I came, I was making an income online. So I figured I would just stay and then quarantine happened. And now it's nine months later and I'm still here. Wow. Not a bad place to be in quarantine. Not at all. Your Instagram post like on the beach. I'm so jealous. It looks so nice. I, I love Mexico, but I've only been to Cabo and that's like quite a touristy area. Where are you in Mexico? Uh, I live in Oaxaca in a little beach town called Mazunte. So it's a bit touristy here as well, but it's a really good mixture of locals, expats, backpackers. Uh, it's a very small hippie town. There's about like four streets and three beaches. And yeah, very, very quiet. That's so cool. How did you end up there? Uh, the first time I came to Mexico, I was staying in a, a bigger town called Puerto Escondido and I was going up to the mountains and I 
literally as I was walking to go catch the bus, I got a text message from a girl I had just met. And she said that she was in this town called Mazunte that was on the way to the mountains. I should come here. I would probably love it. And so I got on the bus, asked them if they could take me to Mazunte. And I came and I fell in love with this place. So I stayed for about uh, three weeks, a month. And then when I had an opportunity to come back to Mexico this time, I actually was coming here for um, work at a clinic. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be in Mexico, I might as well just go back to Mazunte for a week or so and see how it goes. And then I've just never left. Wow, that's so amazing. So what what is it like? What was your first job out of IHN, first of all? I worked at a place called Quiditas. It's a natural medicine store slash natural pharmacy in Vancouver on Commercial mm-hmm. Drive. And yeah, I worked there for, it's amazing. It was like the best, well, I mean, I love all of my jobs, but that's like, it has such a special place in my heart because I learned so much there and I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am in my career if it wasn't for that job. Wow. Yeah. That is a great um, little, that, that is a great experience to learn all about the natural supplements and herbs. And I do love that story. It's so good. And then what is it like? being so you're a digital nomad and are you seeing clients like virtually is that that is your source of income a little bit I actually don't do that as much as I used to but yeah I do see clients online but most of my work comes from contracting with different supplement companies I do a lot of blog writing content creation um, webinar trainings um, and I guess like educational material Um, I make it for different supplement companies and then I also I don't really see like a lot of clients in person here but I am associated with a clinic in the town that I'm in Mm -hmm. and so that also helps bring in a little bit of income and then I also have Fiore Health as well that we've finally launched and so yeah my income kind of is very diverse yeah, no, I think that's, I think it's, you kind of have to be that way, right? In the nutrition space, like having your hands in a lot of different things to make it work. Absolutely. So, okay, cool. So how do you get into creating content for supplement companies and getting contract positions for any of our listeners uh, listening? What, if they wanted to do that route instead of the traditional work with clients, what would be like some first steps you could do? I would say first steps is create your own blog and get a bunch of writing samples done. And you can even guest blog for different people just to start building your portfolio. And then um, for me, I landed here very organically. I've actually never applied for any of the contract positions that I get. I literally always meet people when I'm doing the things that I love. And I just like form these random connections and everything that has kind of manifested in that realm for me has come from these connections but um, I have a portfolio and that's what I generally recommend people to start with because whenever you have a prospective client whether or not you're applying for the job or it's through word of mouth they're always going to want to see your abilities and your writing style Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense that's really cool and so you're 100 percent a full-time entrepreneur digital nomad That's so cool. I love that. And so how long are you planning on staying in Mexico? Um, It's a good question. I'm not really sure. Um, I was going to come home in July and then I thought, you know, I'll go home for Christmas and now I'm going to stay throughout Christmas. So 
I, it's looking kind of like I just live here now. That's so great. I so support that. I think that's so fun. Yeah, the life here, it, it really just fits with the holistic lifestyle and with all of the medicine and the nature. It's just a really great place to learn, I, like from an educational standpoint, mm -hmm. but also like the personal development growth. And so, yeah, life is just really great. And I figure why ruin a good thing at this point. And when I, I think when I know it's time to leave, I will, but I'm not going to put any sort of time limits on it and just let everything unfold as it's meant to. Yeah, I totally hear you. That's so great. I, I don't, I've never thought of Mexico as a holistic place. I, I've only associated it with like Cabo, Puerto Vallarta, like tourism, you know, margaritas. So I, it's so fun to hear that there is that side of Mexico. You know, that was what I thought about Mexico as well. And before the first time I was coming here, I actually was going to go to Nepal. And just out of nowhere, all of these Mexican books or books by Mexican authors kept like coming into my life. And they were all about the holistic healing and the natural medicine. And, you know, it, when so many things bombard you at once, I was like, this is a sign. I just need to go to Mexico. So I canceled the trip to Nepal to come to Mexico. And yeah, once I started exploring, I realized how diverse the culture and the medicine is and yeah, kind of how skewed my perception of Mexico was because same here, I was like, yeah, margaritas, tequila, mezcal, parties, that's yeah. all Mexico's to offer. Yeah. But so, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Well, you're definitely onto something. Like people need to know about this. I feel like no one knows about this. So I'm just so impressed by you. What's your day-to-day -day like? Uh, it's pretty chill, to be honest. Um, sometimes it gets busy, but it's pretty relaxed. I I wake up, sometimes I go to the beach and read, sometimes I go to the other beach and walk and listen to a podcast, have some coffee. Uh, and then I usually work from, it really depends. Like sometimes I do work 14 hour days and some days I just choose not to work at all. Um, I usually work from a cafe or from my house. Uh, I go for a lot of walks. Yeah, spend a lot of time at the beach. I go running at the beach at night. Uh, I go to the local market every day, the health food store usually to see what they've got new in. Um, so yeah, it's a very relaxed life over here. <laughs> Sounds like a dream. Like I'm coming. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> do you, so did you have any friends before you moved there? Or was it hard to make friends there? Is it super easy? Like, is it a small town so you know everyone? It's a very small town. So in quarantine, I got here about a month before the proper quarantine happened. But in quarantine, our town actually shut down. So you had to have a card that says you were allowed to live here and no new people were allowed to come in. And so we had the same people for about four months. And so it was really easy to make friends because we just came kind of like this one big community. Mm -hmm. But even before that, because it is a bit of a touristy place, um, and I just find Mexico in general, everybody is super friendly. And so it would be really rare that I would go to the coffee shop in the morning and have a coffee and not strike up a conversation with somebody or, you know, go to the beach and you're reading a book and most people will come and ask you what you're reading or, you know, say hi to you on the street or you just pass people enough times that you just kind of become friends by nature, I suppose. Yeah, that sounds so lovely. And like, sorry to ask, but were there any COVID cases or was it pretty safe because it was so small? It was pretty safe. Um, the numbers in Mexico looked high, but from my perspective here, I, I haven't seen any case. There was one rumor here of a case, but 
um, with the small town, there's always rumors. So I have no idea if it was true or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's felt safe the whole time. And we've never had any sort of mask mandates or, um, yeah, I mean, there was precautions, but it wasn't to the extent that I think the rest of the world had. And it seems like everybody was generally very healthy throughout it. Mm -hmm. That's so great to hear. I saw that on your Insta a few months back, you were doing like a, a parasite cleanse with papaya seeds. Was that something? That yes. <laughs> I want to hear all about that. Was that something that you learned in Mexico? Yeah, um, it was the first time I was here, I think, though. But yeah, I did get myself a little bit of a parasite. And the one downfall to Mexico is it's impossible to get supplements over the border here. They'll stay at customs for like your entire life. Okay. And so I was trying to order a parasite cleanse from Canada and I just couldn't get it in. And I really needed to do something. And so the paris or the papaya seeds are actually an ancient Mayan tradition. So I figured I will try this and see what happens. And it worked, it worked perfectly. It's not that pleasant, but given the circumstances, I was really grateful for them. And it's also kind of cool to put these, you know, ancient wisdom practices into, I guess, real life and like know, have this like confidence that this stuff is, you know, legit and it works and it kind of stands the test of time. Totally. That's so fun. And in it, so what was the process like? You just, did you just eat those or... I did that. I also use propolis, even though it doesn't really have any antiparasitic properties. I just was like, well, this will help my immune system fight whatever parasite is in. And then I also was doing raw garlic. Mm -hmm. I, and so I did the papaya seeds and the raw garlic twice a day and the propolis twice, three times a day and also apple cider vinegar. Okay. Nice. That's really cool. Is there a resource if someone wanted to try that themselves where to find, um, like a blog post or something? Uh, that's a good question. I actually have no idea, but I will go look after this and see what I can find. The book that I read it in was called, I think, Ancient Mayan Medicine okay. or something along those lines. But I'm sure there's a lot of resources on the internet because I think in a lot of the more tropical countries, they are actually, like the papaya seeds are quite a common parasitic remedy. Mm -hmm. Okay, good to know. And then with the garlic, and the apple cider vinegar, those are just kind of things in my head that I thought would work well, um, given their properties. Yeah, totally. And so is the weather is pretty much like beautiful year round. Has your diet changed at all? Are you eating like super raw or um, has it changed since you moved from Vancouver? Yeah, I do eat a lot more raw foods and a lot more fruit. I never really have been a fruit person, but whatever fruit is in season here, I find that my body actually craves it almost every single day. And so I've been eating a lot of mangoes and passion fruit and papaya, uh, things that I, I like, but I don't necessarily crave in Canada and a lot of coconuts because it's just so hot that I think the body just, it really thrives off of the the fruit because of all of the vitamins and minerals and water content yeah that makes sense so what can you do you know any of the books off the top of your head just in case our listeners wanted to do some research you said the ancient mayan medicine is there any other ones um yeah there's one called the woman who glows in the dark okay it's about a Mexican healer who was a psychiatric nurse um, and then started incorporating all of the traditional Mexican practices from her lineage. It's phenomenal. 
Um, and then it's not so much a medicine book, but the four agreements, the um, which is quite popular in the spheres that we run in, I think. It's actually by a Toltec man um, who is from Mexico and the Toltecs are a very cool tribe that has a lot of natural medicine practices and yogic practices, which are really phenomenal to look up. And also the woman who runs with wolves. Okay. The woman who runs with wolves. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah, and so the, um, yeah, those last two aren't necessarily about the natural medicine, but they really go into kind of the stories and they really like link everything together and provide a really holistic picture, which is kind of how all of the medicine, um, aside from the mainstream medicine, of course, in Mexico operates. They never just look at nutrition or herbs. It's all of this spiritual stuff that's intertwined. Wow, that's so cool. And can you feel that when you're there? Absolutely. Especially the place I'm in, Oaxaca as a state, it's it's known for its alternative medicine. And I guess it's really big spiritual energy. And specifically the town I'm in, lots of people think it's a portal to, I'm not really sure where, but you can really feel kind of the magical energy. And I mean, everywhere you go, there's people who are practicing their sorts of medicine, they do like these traditional sweat lodges called a temascal, and you can find them everywhere here, which is a very potent form of medicine that usually is integrated into kind of like every every approach. That's so fascinating. I'm loving this right now. And <laughs> like, this is not how I thought the conversation was going to go, but I'm just loving this. This is so cool. And when you set out like on your digital nomad adventure, um, were you planning on doing a lot of traveling and then you just decided, well, you decided India and then were you, how long were you planning on staying there and were you going to study yoga or anything there? Yeah, I had intentions to do my yoga teacher training and I really had no like concept of time. I just kind of thought I was going to go and see where it took me. And because, you know, India and Ayurveda are mm -hmm. so hand in hand. I, I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll travel around the country after and see what I can learn about Ayurveda and like their natural medicines. But I, yeah, I don't really have a timeline. I'm kind of a person that just goes with the flow and whatever happens kind of happens. I love that approach. I 100% support that. So can we talk about Fiore Health Academy? Absolutely. So I had, Sydney was the first guest on this podcast and we talked all about Fiore Health and it was so, it was, I was just blown away. I'm like, this is such a great resource for newly graduated nutritionists, or even if you're in school still, or even if you just want to learn about nutrition holistically, it's so, it's, I love it. So what has your experience been like creating this platform and um, yeah, let's, what, whatever you want to say about it, go, go dive in. Yeah, um, first of all, like, thank you for all your support in it. It's been really lovely to collaborate with you and yeah, having Sydney on the podcast and it was just amazing. Um, yeah, we started Fiore, what, it was meant to just be one chorus. We were just going to make one continuing education chorus and then, you know, the ideas just kind of start flowing and we, Sydney and I are just on the same page for almost everything and um, actually literally everything. And so it just kind of turned into this, what we are hoping is going to be like a massive continuing education platform. And right now we are targeting holistic nutritionists and personal trainers. All of our content is kind of curated for that. Um, 
but we do hope to expand out to chiropractors, physiotherapists, and just kind of start really getting nutrition into all of the different mainstream and not mainstream, um, I guess, uh, health practitioners, because what we did notice is that so many people and practitioners are recommending nutrition things and they have the intention um, to put it out there and they understand the importance for healing and their clients um, and supplementation. But unfortunately, in lots of schools, the nutrition education piece just isn't quite strong enough um, to be able to deliver the kind of proper protocols. And so we thought that by creating Fiori Health and creating these resources, practitioners who are already recommending it can just kind of up-level their knowledge and we can just see healing happen a lot faster um, in the general population. And we're hoping, like our, I guess our why, is to just create a really interdisciplinary approach where practitioners, instead of having to refer out all the time, have like that base knowledge to help their clients and their patients heal faster and then just create better health outcomes um, as a collective. That's so good. I love it. I did the, I did a couple of the courses and they were really, I learned so much and I'm definitely using them with like my client work too. So I think that the why is so good and yeah, it's just a great resource. And um, how was your experience creating the course? Definitely. Um, there was a lot of learning curves, <laughs> but um, it was really fun. And what we kind of noticed is we both really love the research. And basically, when it comes to creating the courses and the kind of courses that we're creating, it's all stuff that Sydney and I like nerd out on, like regardless of work, it's stuff that really interests us. So the research process is pretty smooth and really amazing. And putting it into kind of a format um, together. We just worked really well. And um, yeah, the recording is probably the toughest part. I would say if anyone's gonna make a chorus, budget a lot of time for the recording because it can take three hours to record like four minutes, I swear. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's, it's a process, but it's all, it's really fun and it, it flows really smoothly. You kind of do your, I guess, make an outline of what you're hoping to put out there and then you do the research and then you revise the outline, build the slides, record, and then there's all these different platforms like Thinkific and uh, Teachable that makes it really easy to put everything together and have a, a product that is easily accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my boyfriend actually works for Thinkific, so I know all about oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> the one that you guys use, right? Yes. Yeah, it's such a great course. For anyone who hasn't looked into it, you you must. It's so good. And I know that you're really into research. And for our audience listening that wants to do research, but there's just so much information on the internet, what are your best resource tips? Like where to look? I always say start with PubMed because there is so many different resources and blogs and webinars on the internet. Um, and the thing with research is that you can find research to support anything, especially in the realm of nutrition. You can find, for example, say the ketogenic diet. You can find research that supports it for heart health, for neurological health, for sports performance. But then you can also find research that, you know, says it makes all of those um, 
kind of classes worse. And so going to the source and actually reading through the studies can give you a really good jumping off point and to get a really like objective view on on the concept as a whole because especially in nutrition everybody is so individual and our, our physiology and our biochemistry is all different and so everybody's going to respond differently to different say diets or supplements different nutrients and so when you go in say PubMed and you can read like different meta-analyses then you can kind of start to put a picture together of what populations are going to benefit and what populations won't so that when you go into yeah blogs or just on the internet of different podcasts you can kind of start to put together like where their sources might have come from or like what their ideas are if that makes any sense yeah that definitely makes sense it seems like a lot of reading and you'd have to be really into that if you if you want to go that route. <laughs> um, definitely. I'm, I won't lie. I spend a good portion of my days just reading through PubMed and I love it. Like I, I read PubMed for fun. Like I read research articles that I don't even use in real life. That's and so it's, it, it definitely has to be a passion. Um, but if that's not your passion, um, I just always kind of make sure you're reading articles that have or blog posts or um, you know, those podcasts and webinars that have references just because it gives it a little bit more credibility. And also it's really important to look at who's writing it because it's not to say that it's only valid if it's written by somebody with a degree in the field. Um, it really just has to be somebody who understands research, but to kind of know, is it like a general, is it like a copywriter writing it or is it somebody who has the knowledge on health and wellness and who can, you know, decipher between good and bad research. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I love that. Um, and for anyone, so it's so crazy how I feel like you just got into, have you always been into research or was this like a new thing? Cause I feel like your the course of your life. It was completely random in a sense. And now you love researching, you're creating articles and content for supplement companies and everything. And what advice do you have for anyone listening who's feeling a bit stuck or lost and, but they want to be in the health and wellness space, but they just don't really know where to go. I think my biggest piece of advice would be just to honestly do what you love and do what brings you joy because for me and like the way that my life has seemed to go and how I got to where I am was by doing that and of course you know you want to have goals and stuff um, and if you do want to say maybe be a nutritionist you know start looking into schools and whatnot but for me the most important thing is when you are doing things that bring you joy you're you're putting yourself into this flow state where you're really receptive and i just might sound a little out there but when you're in that state the things that are meant for you just are drawn into you and you just attract them and magnetize them and that's like experiences people circumstances and it's those tiny little connections that as you're building them and going with them are going to take you to the next step um for example, one of the companies that I do a lot of work for, I literally went on a hike one time and met this guy and we just like started chatting and I said I was a nutritionist and then a year later he got in contact with me and now I do a ton of work for him and his company and that's not something I could have ever planned or executed and so I do think there is something in planning and executing but I think the most important thing 
is to just be always in your joy as much as you can and you can't help but attract what is meant for you and your interests Mm -hmm. I love that I totally agree it's almost like expanding and looking up to people who yeah like are where you want to be and yeah exactly like doing things that you love I totally agree with that and yeah, to speak to what you just said as well, I feel like mentorship is huge. It's yeah, finding those people that you look up to, um, even whether it's in your career or not your career, um, and just people who kind of have that passion or people who you know you kind of become aware of and you just feel that resonance, um, just seek them out because mentorship can take you to places that you would never even imagine. 100% agree. Have you ever worked with one? Yeah, I have it not, I guess, super formally, but um, because I really think that mentors, they can be in person and you can also have mentors that you've never met, you know, say someone whose podcast you really admire. And so you kind of absorb all their content. But yeah, I've had quite a few in-person mentors. Um, and yet yeah, again, not formally, but people who have been in this field a lot longer than I have and who are kind of in a, in a different branch of it, who just took me under their wing and showed me this whole entire world that I didn't know existed. Um, for example, at the start of this year, um, kind of how I ended up in Mexico, actually, I had a dear friend who has been in this field for a lot longer than I have. And he invited me to a conference in San Diego on photodynamic therapy, which I had never even heard of, but thought it was really cool. So I went and my mind was just absolutely blown. And it's kind of why I'm getting more into like also the natural medicine like advocacy work um and that would have never happened if I didn't like have him as a mentor mm -hmm. 100% who are some other people that maybe you don't work with but you really look up to in this space um I don't know if it would technically because he's not in nutrition but Jay Shetty um he has a podcast called On Purpose with Jay Shetty mm -hmm. I I really love um all of his stuff um vision i don't know his last name but he runs mind valley has also been somebody whose work that i've been studying and then of course like dr mark hyman mm -hmm. joe dispenza um yeah i would say those are kind of the people that i'm really drawn to at the moment um and then there are a couple other doctors in the natural medicine field whose names i cannot um <laughs> pull out of my brain at the moment but I usually find a lot of really interesting um, either medical doctors or naturopathic doctors through full script um, where I, you know, listen to a webinar and I'm really intrigued by somebody's work. And so then I go and look them up. Um, there's also a doctor, his name's Dr. Uh, Tony Jimenez, and he runs different clinics in Mexico, and he's a brilliant man, and I really, like, admire and respect his work, and I've dove into that quite a bit. Nice. These are all really great people I'm going to put in the show notes, so thank you so much. What other of course. What other resources do you, have you found helped you on your journey, like, in terms of um, like creativity, or like stress relief, or um any anything really i would say books and podcasts yeah. i love books and podcasts if i'm ever kind of in a creative funk or if i'm feeling blocked if i put a podcast on and go for a walk um like a podcast either on nutrition or personal development or spirituality i find instantly it just unblocks me and the ideas start flowing again and books have been such a huge part of my life um, especially in the past few years 
um, yeah, to get the creative juices flowing, to kind of increase my knowledge and start really putting the pieces of life together. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. Do you plan on writing your own book one day? Oh my gosh, I would love to. It's like my not so secret dream is to write a New York bestseller book, but we'll we'll see. I mean, I have no idea what it'll it'll be on, but yeah, I love writing. I think that you have so many top. I can think of so many topics for you right just right now, like Mexican holistic health, but like modern, uh, yeah. modern modernized, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much you could write about being a yeah. Like I feel like your journey is just so fascinating, and I love it very inspiring. Thank you. Um, so where do you see yourself in five years? You obviously have a book at this point. What about like, where do you plan on traveling like forever? Like, do you want to end up in Canada? And I know you don't have a timeline, but, um, but yeah, like what's kind of like your dream and to be in the space? My dream, I think, to be honest, because I feel such a resonance with this place in Mexico, and it's not something I've ever really felt before. I generally feel very claustrophobic when I'm in one place for a long time, and because it's literally four streets, and I've been here for almost nine months, and I haven't felt the need to leave yet, mm -hmm. I, I feel like this will be kind of my home base. I would love to get some land and build a house here, and maybe be here for like, you know, anywhere from four to six months out of the year, and... I would really love to go over to Morocco. That's kind of my next um, hype dream, I suppose. Um, maybe Europe, I, I'm not entirely sure, but when it comes to Canada, I think at least at this point in time, my way of life and the way of life in Canada, I don't feel like jive very well at the moment. And I plan on going back to visit my family and like, you know, going back for maybe one or two months at a time. But I have a feeling for probably the next decade, my life will be outside of Canada. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's amazing. Um, and then I guess career-wise, yes, I would love to have a book. Um, and I would love Fiore to um, expand um, to a more like global scale and us having like a lot more courses, a lot more resources, a mentorship program. Um, and yeah, and then just working with clients. I would really love to be able to work with clients who are really ill for free, um, just because when you know people are super ill, they, the finances are an issue. And I really believe that if a medical, like conventional medicine is free, then alternative medicine should be free as well. And so, yeah, I would really love to kind of have something in place where I'm still able to support myself, but work with either in community health or one-on-one -on -one with individuals who just can't quite... Um, make or have like the finances to do it because I really believe that alternative health should be accessible to everybody and so I guess also I don't know how it's going to look but I would really love to start doing like advocacy work um and yeah kind of just bringing natural medicine to the forefront and getting it accessible to people amazing goals I'm, I love it. Well, I'm so excited to follow along on your journey and um, see where it takes you. It sounds like you have a very amazing future ahead. I hope so. <laughs> if you can visualize it, it can happen. I like that. Absolutely. <laughs> is it hard for you to live in Mexico in terms of a visa or is it easy? No, it's really easy. Um, you get a six-month visa um, if you're from Canada. And so 
um, yeah, I got the badge um, and then it's really easy to extend it. You just have to kind of leave the country for a couple of days and come back. But because of COVID, they were just giving extensions um, as for humanitarian reasons. If you didn't feel like safe to go back to your country or whatever, if you didn't want to, you know, go through all the airports and be exposed to a lot of people. And so, yeah, it's extremely easy to live here. I'm not really sure about other countries and their experience, but as a Canadian, it's very, very easy. Yeah, it's the only place that Americans can go right now. So all of my friends are booking trips to Mexico. <laughs> it's, it's really It funny. is getting really busy, actually. Yeah, yes. <laughs> literally everyone is in Mexico right now. It's the only place we can go. So <laughs> kind of funny. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I do love Mexico. What's the biggest town in that I would recognize? Is it on the west or the east side? If that makes sense. Um, it's actually south. Okay. Um, so it's technic it's on the Pacific side, yeah. but it's yes, yeah, Southern Pacific. Okay, okay. Um, the biggest town there's Puerto Escondido, which is about forty five minutes away, and it's got um like one of the biggest uh surf breaks in the world, so that's quite a popular one, and then. There's also Waltuco, which is a resort town that's quite popular with Canadians and Americans. So I'm like sandwiched in the middle of those two. Okay, that's nice. So do you do a lot of traveling within Mexico? Not really. The first time I was here, I kind of traveled everywhere. But since now, especially because of the restrictions, I've been mostly in my town. But then I've gone to Puerto Escondido for like a few weeks here and there just to kind of break it up and go do big shops and then there's also some mountains about two hours away so I, I try and go there every couple months just to get out of the heat and as much as I love the beach I'm definitely like a mountain forest person so it's nice to go and hang out in the in the forest but I'm pretty stationary mm -hmm. yeah well it sounds like a beautiful place to be right now so why would you why would you leave it but totally yeah that's amazing so okay so you're staying there for Christmas and are you going to travel when you leave Mexico like not not go back to Canada I have no idea not a clue um I'm just gonna kind of see what transpires um I have my place here until February and so yeah, when February rolls around, I'll reassess. Um, at this point, though, like in, like, I guess my, my body, I feel as though I'll be here for quite some time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I will go spend maybe like a month or something in the mountains, um, disconnected for a little while. But yeah, as for traveling outside of the country, at this point, I don't feel the need to, but I am like a traveler at heart. So I, one day, one day I will leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. Did you grow up traveling a lot or was this, did you have like one trip that made you have the travel bug forever? Um, Kind of the one trip. I didn't really travel at all when I was younger and I went on my first backpacking trip not even that long ago, I guess six years ago. I was 24. I went to Europe and... So like on the scale of things, it's quite late to go on like your first backpacking trip, at least, you know, in relation to my friends and everything. And yeah, I just fell in love with it. And ever since then, I have gone like every chance that I could get. I would go like, you know, in the summers, um, in between school, and I would work like two jobs just to be able to go and explore other countries. And so, yeah, it's been a relatively new thing. And before I went on my first backpacking trip, I had like no desire to even go on a backpacking trip. Oh my god. Now here I am. <laughs> I love that. So what made you go on the backpacking trip, a friend? 
Yeah, I am. I was working at a pub, and my a girl was there from England, and then my one friend and I, who was also working at the pub with me, we thought it would be cool to go to Europe and maybe visit her. And so we just were like, "Hey, let's go to Europe!" And we decided to go for five weeks. And I was like, "That's a really long time. Like, I don't want to be gone for five weeks." And and then yeah, we went to Europe, and it's funny we didn't even see the girl that we like originally thought we would go see. And yeah, and we went and I just like pretty much instantly fell in love with the backpacking culture and my mind was just blown because I'd gone on like a couple all-inclusive vacations before, but I had never, you know, experienced another culture outside of, you know, the like multicultural, um, I guess, aspect of Canada. And like, I think this probably sounds really bad, but like, we have this thing called Folk Fest and it's in Saskatchewan and it's where different countries, everybody makes like their own almost like booths and you go and you like eat the food and you do like all of the dancing and it's like, it's a really amazing time. But that was kind of like my only experience experiencing other cultures. And so when I went to Europe, I just couldn't believe what, like what was out there that I had been missing out on for my whole life. And I just decided then and there that I needed to spend my life I guess, yeah, learning about other cultures and getting a broader sense of the world as well. Because I think before I started traveling, my mind was quite, I don't want to say narrow, but I definitely was really like rigid in my thought structures. And now since I've been exposed to so much, um, I've just really opened my mind and I'm, yeah, a lot more kinder, caring, compassionate. And so I just want to keep fueling that. I love that. Where's been your favorite place you've traveled? Um, probably to Tanzania in East Africa. I did my undergrad internship there and it was probably like the single most transformative place I have ever been. And again, just like fell in love with the culture and the people and the way of life and everything about it. Wow. That is so cool. Can you talk on what the culture is like there? Yeah, I guess for me, it was a really big culture shock um, because it is East Africa. So it is, generally speaking, a very like poverty stricken place. And I was working for a nursing organization. And so just to like kind of go in and, you know, you see all of this poverty and they, as a whole, it has really poor health outcomes. But then you see how kind of happy everybody is and how everybody is super kind to each other and how a lot of like the traditional languages are still around they've got like traditional dress and clothing and they have a really profound relationship with animals and all of this stuff that I had never like been aware of living in Canada and there's just so connected to nature and to each other and so even though there's a lot of things that aren't ideal the general I guess disposition of the country and the people was just happy and I was like it just blew my mind because I find like in like the more westernized countries it's just like happiness isn't a word that you typically associate with them do you know yeah no 100 percent. that is so and that was before you went to on your backpacking trip to europe um no that was after actually okay okay wow that's amazing that is wow that's really yeah sometimes it's not about like the food or the booze or like the beach it's about how people treat each other and the community vibe and um what you can learn from that 
Yeah, and how everybody helps each other. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you don't have anything, like you you still give, which is such a, again, foreign concept in the Western world. Like we're usually kind of of the school of thought if you don't have much, like you have to kind of hoard because yeah. like there's just a scarcity mentality. And in the communities that I was in, everyone is just giving things, even if they didn't have much. Like if they had like a tiny bit of rice, they would offer to share it with you. And I just thought it was the most beautiful thing. And it really yeah, changed a lot of um, beliefs I had and kind of how I lived my life and how I wanted to live my life in the future. That's so cool. How long were you there for? Three months. Wow, that's amazing. And were you living in a, was it like a small city or a big city? It was a big city, so it wasn't the capital, but it was a place called Arusha, and yeah, I have no idea how big it is, but it was, it's like a a pretty giant city. Yeah, wow, I could talk about traveling forever, I loved, I also loved traveling (laughs) too, and it's sad, like, you know, being just kind of stuck in North America, I can't really go anywhere, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get back to our traveling ways next year. fingers crossed (laughs) I know honestly so let's get back into the nutrition this is a business nutrition Mm -hmm. podcast but um (laughs) so what advice do you have for anyone starting out in or that's maybe not even in the health and wellness space yet but they kind of have this like this like feeling or desire but they're like oh well how do we make money you know it can be really scary to dive in and quit your career and start over. Um, Do you have any advice for anyone in that position? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when you are making a career switch or you're just like kind of dipping your toes in and you don't know like, yeah, how you're gonna make money after and like what even, like what kind of jobs are available because I know I had no idea really. Mm -hmm. Um, Just ask people and especially now with social media, And, you know, it's really easy to connect with people. I find if you reach out to people and you just ask like, hey, I'm really interested in this area and I see that you're in it. Can we have a call for 15 minutes where I can ask you questions, you know, and just kind of start to do some of your own research that way. And I also think there's this idea where you have to make this really big leap. It's like if you're in your career, you have to like quit your career fully, like in one moment to go and transition. But you can also just transition in baby steps. If you want to go to school, you know, you can take like a couple classes at a time. You don't have to enroll in a whole program or even just, you know, reading books and just kind of making sure it's something that you want to do. And I think there's a lot to be said, too, for, I guess, maybe engaging in personal development and like, I I don't want to say the word spirituality, but just kind of like diving a bit into that world because then it makes you not so fearful to make big jumps and you can kind of like listen to yourself a little bit more because the money part is scary because yeah, most people start off in the nutrition world as self-employed and we go to nutrition school, not business school. And so Mm -hmm. it's really difficult to manage that after. But I think the more that you like kind of know yourself and know your strengths and kind of get an idea of what you want to do and just interview people who are doing it you just kind of start to understand that there there are possibilities you just have to be open to them and the only way to be open to them is to like really know yourself and be open in yourself I love that I so agree and I do think when you do dive into the nutrition space it's inevitable that you will be also diving into self-development too 
So I completely agree with that in spirituality, 100%. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it's like, honestly, it's like the mentorship. And I don't, I think there's also this misconception that like in order, so say there's somebody in the nutrition field that you really look up to, but you haven't studied nutrition yet, that you can't like reach out because you don't have like the background, which I think is totally false. If you see somebody you admire and you want to just kind of, you know, test the waters in that field, just reach out and start conversations. People are really happy to do it, especially because we've all been in that position. And so it's, yeah, I think just building relationships can make the leap a lot less scary. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Do you offer ever like a mentorship program as someone under you? Um, I don't, but I'm really open to chatting with people. Um, And to be honest, I don't even know like how a formal mentorship um, like thing that would go but um, yeah I'm really open to talking with people I love answering questions um, and yeah hopefully one day Fiore will have a, a mentorship for nutritionists or people in the health field as well um, because yeah I think there's a lot to be said about the personal experience and just sharing it and there's no point in having your personal experience if you can't share it with the world or with the people who it's going to help mm-hmm. I completely agree what are some lessons that you've learned just being in this industry go with the flow um, have a plan but don't be too rigid in it and that it's okay for things to change and you don't have to have it all figured out. Just kind of like take one baby step and one baby step and see what happens. Um, When I first started, I thought, you know, as soon as I have a website, I'm going to get clients and that's just going to be how it is. And it's going to be really easy. And that (laughs) just totally didn't work at all. Um, And one of the biggest things is I think getting a job at a health food store or a natural pharmacy does wonders because you get exposed to so many different people and ideas and you learn so much about supplements and herbs and through working at um at a store or a pharmacy you also get trainings by the supplement companies um which are usually like nds mds phds and so you get these like really amazing brains that are going to teach you and that you can also like ask questions to um and then you're forming connections and you're learning and also one of the biggest things about working in a store as well is you start to be able to communicate with kind of the public, you know? So you, instead of a a problem for me is talking very scientific. And so for me working at a store, I was able to like learn how to speak to people and establish those like relationships that are professional yet relatable. Um, And so, yeah, I think also just knowing that, yeah, you don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to jump into the big leagues right away. Everything is a process. And like every little part of your journey is adding up to a bigger picture and just to enjoy it because it goes by fast. And even though a lot of the times it kind of can feel like a struggle, you're just know that you're always building something and it's really wonderful. Yes. I so agree. Enjoy the process because yeah, like it's not gonna, it's so funny. It's like, you might think like, Oh, if I could just achieve this goal or achieve that goal, like I'll be, you know, happy in my business, but it's, you know, you get to that point and you're like, okay, now what? It's like, you really just have to slow down and enjoy every single step of the way. 
Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that everybody says and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But, and then when you kind of actually realize it and embody it, you're like, ah, Mm -hmm. I understand. And then life just feels so much better and easier. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just enjoying it because there's going to be like a time, for example, when you start running your own business, it's really hectic. Everybody thinks that, you know, being an entrepreneur and setting your own hours is this like really wonderful thing which it is but it's almost romanticized like sometimes not often but sometimes I'm just like man I wish I could go back where I just worked my nine to five and I didn't like take my work home with me I wasn't working at like midnight trying to finish something and so yeah just enjoy the process it's all there for a reason yes I I 100% hear you it is a journey and it is it's a roller coaster it's so much easier to work a nine to five so much easier like no matter what yeah so yeah I hear you it's so true and I mean nobody really talks about either the the fact that like you know you could just be doing something random and then all of a sudden you get a hit of inspiration at like 10 30 at night and as an entrepreneur you know that you have to run with that or that's just gonna go and so then it's three in the morning and you're like oh my sleep schedule is so messed up and I'm a nutritionist I know what this stuff is doing to my body (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god um yeah I, I yeah I can so relate to that but mine isn't 10 30 and I mine's five in the morning like I'll wake up uh, and I'm like I'm like thinking about my business and I'm like oh my god I have so many ideas right now and I get up and I start working early and it's it's not and I know it's like not good I didn't get enough sleep but yeah I feel you you just have to run with it when you're feeling inspired you really do and I mean at those like when it just comes, you know that it's just right. So you just, yeah, you got to jump in. Yeah, 100%. That's literally how I started my, I just created a guide, a work from home guide, actually, to like stay happy, healthy, and sane. And I, that was thought at five in the morning. And that's how it started. <laughs> Amazing. I also can't wait to download that and read it because I feel like that'll help me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- I mean, I'm sure you know everything that's in there, but yeah, feel free to download. I'm actually doing a self-care challenge in November for myself and whoever one wants to join me. So yeah, if you're interested. Um, but, Absolutely. But no pressure. But uh, yeah, it's been such a fun chat, like learning about your journey and your travels and your passions. I'm just like so inspired by you and just wow like you need to write a book for sure <laughs> I I will you're you're gonna give me the courage to actually do it <laughs> I will promote it and I'll read it and I'll tell all my friends I have two more questions for you I just ask everyone at the end of the podcast every episode so the first one is your best productivity hack my best uh, podcast just putting in a podcast to get myself into the zone and get inspired. And then I just, yeah, after I'm done my, I call it a podcast walk. I do my podcast walk. I come back and I just am ready to crush out whatever I have to do for that day. Mm-hmm. I do the exact same thing. What are some of your favorites? Um, On Purpose with Jay Shetty. I really love Bulletproof Radio. Um uh, I can't remember. Oh, Sahara Rose. She has a podcast. I can't remember what it's called, but she, it's my favorite one at the moment. She has amazing guests on it. Um, and Ben Greenfield, obviously. Love. Okay. Putting these all in the show notes. Yeah. And then last question, final question. If you were to throw a dinner party or attend a dinner party, what would be your favorite go-to dish to bring? 
Ooh, this is going to sound bad because it's not that healthy. And That's okay. Nutritionist. <laughs> we're, not, nutritionist. we're not perfect. We don't have to be perfect. <laughs> but, um, my mom used to make this dish. It's sweet potatoes. So at least there's vegetables. And it has marshmallows and brown sugar baked on the top. Ooh. And it is divine. So that's what I would bring. Ooh, that sounds so good. That's very Thanksgiving too. Actually, it is, yes. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining and sharing all about your your personal life and your journey. It's been so fun. And like I said, super inspired by you. And I can't wait to share with everyone. And because everyone has this beautiful romanticized idea of being a digital nomad and you're living that life. So it was just so fun to have someone on the podcast that is completely doing that. Yeah, it was really fun. I'm yeah, really happy that you had me on. And thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to subscribe to Newland Nutrition, the podcast for weekly episodes that will guide you to build the health and wellness business of your dreams. And also make sure to add yourself in the Newland Nutrition Facebook groups. We can connect and be wellness biz besties for life. Bye.